Hey, I'm Tommy Chong. Welcome to High on Homegrown. Yes, yes. How's it going, man? Uh, this is going to be a little bit different from our usual episodes. Rather than having just one episode, we want to try and increase it to three and make our sections of the show a little bit longer each time. So right now, this this episode here is just going to be the cannabis news section. We want to try and increase the cannabis news section to about an hour, an hour, 20 minutes long and release that as a single episode on Mondays on their own. And then on Wednesdays, we'll release the interview, which we've had this week. So that stops us from having to reduce the interview from 25 to 30 minutes. We can keep it as full length or bring it up to an hour or an hour and 30 minutes every Wednesday for the interviews as well. And then on Fridays, we want to release a third episode, which will be the Grow Guides on their on their own. So that will also be around an hour long as well. So we want to try and release three episodes that are at least an hour long every week. I hope you enjoy the new cannabis news format. It is definitely way more laid back and we have much more time to discuss things. And hopefully you think that's a good thing. So hope you enjoy. I'll drop back in at the end just to say goodbye and wrap it up and things like that. But for now, here's the cannabis news. Enjoy. Yes, yes, everybody. And welcome to this week's cannabis news and events. I am Mackie from Percy'sGrowing.com, and joining us this evening on the panel, we have Marge from Canada. Hello. Uh, uh, yeah, that'll do, right? <laughs> GB <laughs> from Ireland. <laughs> Why, hello. Uh, TG, also from Canada. Yeah, he how's it going, eh? Yeah, perfect. And uh, yeah, you've got to add that, add that Canadian spice to it, Marge, you see? That's what we're looking yeah, for. I know. <laughs> I know, eh? And then we have Monkey from USA. How's it going, everyone? Yeah, man. I hope everybody's all good. Happy New Year and everything. And this week, we're going to be bringing you lots of cannabis news from around the world. We've got it all sectioned off into different countries. And there's a lot that's been going on around the world this week. It's been interesting. I actually looked into a lot of these, man. This is a, a lot of crazy shit going on. Does anybody in particular want to take an interesting one first? Go start with a light one. It's, I, I saw something. Now, this is kind of old, if you all don't mind. Uh, I, it's a month old, but when I saw it, uh, I was kind of interested in it because it does deal with growing, but not necessarily cannabis. So, right. Uh, see, the astronauts recently harvested peppers that were grown in space. They actually grew hatch peppers in a in a special zero gravity grow chamber. Now, this is not a new thing that they've grown other things in the in the shuttle before, but this was considered to be the most difficult, most complicated grow that they've done because this you know, you're growing a crop here that actually has to be kept long enough to fruit before they were growing grasses and lettuce and things like that. But they actually had a successful harvest on hatch jalapenos and they actually ate the hatch jalapenos on their tacos. Now this harvest came at the end of October, so they're long gone, but the astronauts were very thankful for this because actually had flavor in space. You know, when you're up at high altitudes, like in airplanes and whatnot, your taste buds. Don't yeah, they're the thankful why they're eating it, mate. But you know, when it's being exactly. digested and shit. The next day, <laughs> yeah, space, space commode might be a little <laughs> problem, you're saying, huh? <laughs> what I was curious on this one though was, you know, uh, they have this ex- advanced uh, module that they grow this thing in. It's gotta be done in zero gravity so thinking like okay water is going to be a how do you deal with the water uh it is the most complicated looking growth setup i've ever seen it looks like a microwave oven full of sensors and everything else 
And this grow chamber is piloted by someone down in Houston is maintained and all it, they basically are growing remote control from Houston. No way. That's right. a fucking cool feature in itself. Yeah, I'm thinking like, hey, what could we do with tents with this, man? You know, mm. hook it up to the Internet and you could actually hire somebody to grow your weed remotely. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, with the proper sensors and things like that, the technology exists. I don't know. This just kind of caught my fancy and thinking like, eh, maybe bring this up on the show. Hey, this is not happening yet. But this just proves that the technology exists to bring a crop to harvest remotely. A four month crop remotely was harvested. I tried to research it a little bit about this chamber that they're talking about. Uh, they didn't give a lot of information on exactly how it works. Uh, there was a mention of soil, but I didn't see in any of the pictures where there could have been any soil uh, And the roots and everything are contained in plastic uh, modules and whatnot like that to control everything. Uh, the plants that they showed inside the growing chamber looked really weird. I mean, because there's no gravity, I guess the plants have to decide where to grow based on light or other cues. Mm. And they, all the plants were all twisted and everything. I mean, the fruit was fine, but the plant that these were not regular looking plants in space, but interesting how they did this. Yeah, for sure, man. Mm. This is one of them setups. Twisty's going to be interested in. <laughs> he likes to know. build some funky shit, man. I'm telling you, this this one looked a little bit beyond my, my, my pay grade, you know, one of those deals. But I thought it was really interesting that the fact that you could actually do something like this remotely. So that's that's go. the big thing there is they can do it remotely. Well, it's is it that hard, lads, to do it remotely? Because there's an awful lot of us that do grow kind of remotely, that we're, we're connected up. All our switches and everything are connected up into into apps as such on our phone. Yeah, but essentially well, you need to be able to add the water yourself. Not necessarily. If you have an auto feed system, you can even you can control the amount that's going in and the amount that's going out. If you know what the flow rate is. And I just feel like you'd need arms and hands to do this kind of thing. You would for the pruning and for training and things. But again, if you have if if you're good enough, you could make these kind of small little pins that could come out and hold it, pull the branches down in whatever way you want. There's people mm. out there that would be more than capable of doing the likes of that stuff that they could grow. Obviously, there is. They're able to do it in fucking space. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, all of these things, we see these things and you think, oh, that would never happen. But I mean, good grief. If they're starting to do this stuff in space, mm. we always get these trickle down technologies. Mm -hmm. so oh, yeah. This has big potential of, you know, becoming a viable industry later on. But now, if you was an astronaut and you was going to the ISS and you were going to grow, you knew that you're going up there. Your mission is, is to grow these peppers remotely i think you take a couple of seeds up there just to be like i'm just gonna oh, pop that there you know? in that pot bro just don't look <laughs> i don't know <laughs> what happened here and then this who's to blame when the, the guy down on earth is remotely growing it huh mm. it wasn't me i just put the seed there he's the well, one who watered it through the machine it, it, it would also kind of depends on what astronaut and what place he was he was going because like if he was going from america he'd be okay if he was from some mm. else you know, if, he, if he was from fucking parts of Europe, he'd be, if he was from China, he'd be fucked. But it's <laughs> in space, right? It's yeah. There's no laws in space. Come on. True. International now, space law. International law, I suppose, would. So what's the chances of an astronaut on a, a Mars mission of sneaking maybe a one or two cannabis seeds into the, you know, <laughs> hey, they, it takes a few months to get to Mars. It's you know what I'm saying? People, people yeah. think fucking weed is, is like native to Mars because it's already growing there. That's right. <laughs> hey, man, That's look, we landed Mars. and we found this. It was already here. I promise, man. 
<laughs> oh, that, that was what that would be the promised land, wouldn't it? Mm. <laughs> oh, Damn, yeah, it's a super cool story that is. We'll we'll see how this one progresses over the next few years. But to imagine just having people be able to grow your weed remotely—that's pretty fucking sweet, man. So we got some news there from March as well, and this is kind of news we've known in the past. But you want to handle this one, March? You want to take this one away? Yeah, I do. This one's from the Daily Mail. Cannabis plants may absorb carcinogenic heavy metals such as lead, mercury, and cadmium from the soil that could be dangerous for people who ingest them. Study warns. And long title, isn't it? <laughs> it's a long title that pretty much encapsulates the entire story. <laughs> yeah. Basically, uh, it's probably not a surprise to anybody to think that if you're smoking weed contaminated with heavy metals, that it's going to be bad for you. Mm-hmm. Um, really? They do say there's cannabis strains that they're, they're breeding or have bred for photo remediation so that they can actually remove pollutants from the soil. But if I don't understand why they would be doing that and then actually using that cannabis for consumption like that doesn't make sense to me and they didn't really talk about that in the article that i recall I mean, this that is the daily fail this is one of the worst news organizations that's what i was gonna ask i was gonna be like the source could also be a little problematic and it did mention <laughs> that the researchers from pennsylvania they're conducting a meta-analysis of previous studies so this wasn't a new study this was a study of the study studies. yes so- so, I, I mean, I, I feel like a lot of this stuff kind of makes sense because I, I think if you are growing anything in contaminated soil, that whatever you're growing in it is going to probably oh. uh, take up some of those contaminants. So just because it's uh, cannabis, I'm not really sure why they need to make a whole article about that because that would apply, I think, correct me mm-hmm. if I'm wrong, to well, most things, would it not? I wouldn't want to like grow apple trees in, in known contaminated soils and then mm-hmm. sit there and eat the apples. It's just to me, yeah, that yeah. just doesn't make any sense. Well, hemp that is mean, one of them plants that absorbs radiation from the ground and they grew hemp in Chernobyl after the radiation leaks there yeah. to take the radiation out of the ground. But I'm not sure it's, if it's just strictly hemp that does that. It's not radiation it specifically that it absorbs. It's actually just it's like Marge said, it's radioactive heavy metal isotopes like cesium uh I forget the isotope, but yeah, it's, it's effectively the same thing, but you're right. They did use that in, in the Chernobyl remediation uh, plan, but like Marge said, I don't see how they would be using this as stuff for consumption after if they were, that's like highly irresponsible and borderline. They'd never criminal. pass any tests either. No, it turns out like, at, some, at one point in the article, it's just like, this could be particularly bad for uh, medical patients. Yeah, like, and who's using this stuff for medical, like medical cannabis, that doesn't make any sense at all. I've actually yeah. had some criticism, not I wouldn't call it criticism, but just queries about my super soil. And you do have to be somewhat careful where you source your your components, for example, because if if I use compost, for example, that is just laden with heavy metals because it's been contaminated by something um which can happen yeah yeah, it can happen if you use like um pesticide laden grass for your compost some of those compounds can can uh you know stick around in in the finished compost and then be in the compost for your plants to potentially absorb which isn't great um so there is that but you know if it's being sold in a garden store it's and or especially if you're making it yourself that's probably not case unless you're like right outside of a smelter or some shit like that like right. like marge said if you're growing in contaminated soil or monkey with the apple trees yeah of course you're gonna have issues but um that's more of a scare thing i think 
than anything i think when when they're talking specifically but referring to like the uh risks for medical patients and stuff because those risks yeah. should be mitigated if all steps are taken in the first place mm-hmm. growing it properly right yeah you would think so yeah i i think so because there's also yeah again right. this applies to a lot of different plants there's mushrooms yeah. out there that can like exactly. absorb all kinds of things from oh the my soil. gosh yes Eat those yeah, yeah. <laughs> I applied at a, a job that was doing exactly that. They use some sort of reeds, like uh, river reeds, to uh, plant in a in an effluent stream. So as the stream, the dirty water flows by it, those plants pick up the shit and then output the nice filtered water. So right. yeah, it's not it's not an uncommon thing. Phytoremediation, yeah. it's called. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they are using it in Japan as well. We use it here in. Mm. Uh, I know in the in Lake Winnipeg, I think there's horrible uh, contamination from a lot of the the fertilizers from the farms, and it's fucking up the ecosystem, causing algal blooms and all kinds of shit in the in the lakes. So they planted all of this. No, I'm sorry, uh, I was talking about hemp. Maybe they should try hemp too, but yeah, no, plants as filters are not a new thing, basically. Yeah. yeah. So what happens? Yeah. Like the plant grows. What do they do with the plant afterwards? I guess it's compost, huh? This yeah. is what the article doesn't really touch on. It says this is really, you know, this is something that happens. Cannabis plants can take up these uh, this contaminants from the soil. And then you shouldn't smoke that stuff because it's bad for you. No, of course you oh, should. God, no. <laughs> Which is sort of not rocket science speaking. No. We're talking as about far, space. But, as far yeah. as I know, yeah, they do, they do remediate it somehow. I'm not sure exactly how, but it's... Uh, yeah, the, the heavy metals are essentially stored in the stalks then and in the plant matter. And then that plant matter can be processed properly, I guess, to to remove said heavy metals. Or maybe they just, I mean, if you just throw it away, that kind of defeats the purpose. Um, mm-hmm. Although so, it would make sense to me that they're not using, like they're using hemp versus like flowering cannabis because of the, yeah. all the processing that would be required to clean it up afterwards for actual consumption. Yeah, yeah. They just. Like, I don't even think they'd be using you know, nice bud. <laughs> no, no, no. They would just be using the fastest growing. Yeah. You know, yeah. Strong. So they probably kinda... it sounds like they're just using this material more, more or less to try and sequester the heavy metals. You exactly. Know, it up from here and exactly. move it over there yeah. and just clear up this land so you can use it for something else. All right. Yeah. All right. Which is actually a wonderful way to use, again, the cannabis plant and one of its myriad functions in the world and how wonderful it can be for us but this article just takes this sort of negative slant on it oh yeah yeah, it's the daily mail that's what they do (laughs) it's all it's it's all media this side we'd have to we have the very same type media effect over here they they take positive news and they spin it in a way that's bad we all know like cannabis it it works in so many good ways from everything is we just as we're talking here, from leaching shit out of the soil that could kill us to fucking health and cure us. Well, at the end of this article, they got some uh, cannabis, the facts. There oh, we go. Boy. Yeah, and <laughs> oh, this is nice. the da- the daily fail as well. So I thought we'd have a quick look at these while we're here. Oh, illegal. Cannabis Ooh. is an illegal Class B drug in the UK, meaning possession could result in a five-year prison sentence, and those who supply the drug face up to 14 years in jail. Okay. Wow, wow. However... The drug is widely used for recreational purposes and can make users feel relaxed and happy. But, (laughs) (laughs) you know, smoking it can also lead to feelings of panic, anxiety or paranoia. Not and paranoia or paranoia. You don't get both. (laughs) I'm going to get paranoid by being paranoid. 
You know what I mean? It's fucking crazy shit. Scientific studies have shown the drug can alleviate depression, anxiety, and stress, but heavy use may worsen depression in the long term by reducing the brain's ability to let go of bad memories. What? Okay. That's probably referring to the blockage of REM sleep. Yeah, maybe, maybe. But I'm not, take all of this with like a bottle of salt. Exactly. This is the daily daily fail. The daily fail, man. They got that name for a reason. It can also contribute to mental health problems among people who already have them (laughs) 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 or increase users' risk of psychosis or schizophrenia, according Uh, to research. What what fucking research, man? Let's see this research. Please put your sources there, daily fail. But of course you won't. Marijuana can be prescribed for medical uses in more than half of U.S. states where it is used to combat anxiety, aggression, and sleeping problems. Aggression. Okay, now. Researchers are also looking into whether it could be, it could help people with autism, eczema, or psoriasis. Hmm. They're leaving out a bunch, but okay. Yeah, yeah, it's it's the daily fail, man. You know, and the last one here is cannabis oil containing the psychoactive chemical THC, which is illegal in the UK, is claimed to have cancer-fighting properties and one 52-year-old woman from Coventry says she recovered from terminal bowel and stomach cancer by taking the drug. Yeah, well, they ended on a high note, so that's yeah, good. Yeah, that's At least they gave him credit for that much, yeah. Mm. Yeah, they, they had some Ooh. good along with the, the bad or whatever. So. Yeah, there, there isn't more. That is all there is. Uh, I thought, if I scroll down, I'm going to see more. No, it's all good. <clears throat> but yeah, I, I have mean, to laugh at the fact, the old facts. Sleeping? Yeah, yeah. He's like, I sleep 10 hours a fucking night. I don't. Yeah. But that's not because of the cannabis. My REM sleep is just fine too, by the way. Yeah, and so is mine. <laughs> I'm quite confident. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know, because I recently went through the tea break and stuff, and I found out my sleep did actually get better after uh, after quitting smoking for a while. After not, yeah, after about two weeks, I was sleeping yeah. fine, man. I mean, I was dreaming. That's something that I didn't do when I was smoking weed every day. You know, copious amount of cannabis every day. My, mm-hmm. my dreams had stopped and that's probably because it affected the REM sleep and you need that to dream essentially I don't but, know, I dream dream, perfectly fine. I, I dreamt that I couldn't start my truck last night yeah <laughs> I very remember very vividly no no way no yeah. I have vivid dreams every night maybe every it's just down night. to the individual then maybe it's just down yeah. to me mm. I do say when I stopped smoking like when I went to the Philippines and quit cold turkey um the next week was like, holy shit, you know, I lived like a fucking two lives, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there we go. That was a, a news article from the Daily Fail, which ended on not a very bad note, really. At least they gave us credit for having some use for cannabis. Sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But so. that's it. You see, cannabis is different for everybody. It's not the same fucking spilling of sugar for you. The same same for me, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. it's every. It, it's going to affect every single person differently in some way. You'll get a, a lot of effects as such will be will be the same, but these so-called side effects or things may not. Like a weed will work for one person, but it won't for me. Same for you. Let's see what I get with my medical stuff every time I make an order. The big disclaimer from Health Canada mm. with all the side effects and all these things. It's pretty funny. Yeah, it's a joke. Like, yeah. The next news article is from the UK here, so I'll handle this one. And it's actually to do with one of the guests that we had on before, Carly Barton from Cancard. You remember Carly? Yes, we do indeed. Well, it seems as if this Cancard thing is doing some good or or might potentially very soon do some good because we've got uh, the 
Isle of Wight man produces cannabis ca- cannabis can card in court. So I'll read this uh, this bit here for you. A Newport man accused of possessing cannabis is having his case reviewed after he produced a type of card which proves medical dispensation to use class the class B drug. So essentially, he's pulled out his can card in court and be like, I'm a medical user. I, I've got this card that exempts me from prosecution for, right. for possession right of cannabis. This. Yeah. <laughs> and his name, right? And I don't, I don't know whether this is real or not, but his name is David Toker. Damn. Why is it always like that? It always is like that. Mr. Toker. <laughs> so he says, uh, David Toker of Hogan Close in Newport did not enter a plea to the alleged... September 9th offence when he appeared at the Isle of Wight Magistrates Court on Tuesday, December 21st. Uh, and Smout said Mr. Toka, 40, produced a can card, a validated indication to the police or any third party that someone is consuming cannabis for medical reasons. Now, this is what Carly Barton started a couple of years ago now, and it's been a while. And you could go to her website and she'd been around to different police organizations and been like, we're going to make this card because there's people using cannabis for medicine and they shouldn't be prosecuted for it. And, you know, it's hard work dealing with this kind of shit. But she put the graft in and got the card set up and it became available to people. And loads of people in the UK have this card now. So, a lot of people in the in the chat and that are, are listening to the podcast now have signed up to it. Mm-hmm. Yes, they have. And some have had good experience. Some have had, uh, you know, not so good experiences. But it's still in the early days. You know, these things take years. If you keep up with all the cannabis news and anything to do with legislation, mm-hmm. it takes fucking years for anything to get done. And this That's here, this fucking work. A, yeah, this could be a, a big step because this will set precedent. If, if Mr. Toker here, if they're like, yeah, OK, Mr. Toker, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, just I just have to say it like this, you know, midnight toker, you know, you know, well, even when we go worse than that, I mean, he is D toker, D toker, D number one toker, <laughs> you know, it's like surely this ain't his real name, short, but it has to be because he's going to court here. Well, and that's, court, why, that's why the matrix the simulation is real, and there's actually just people yeah. fucking with us because this can't be mm-hmm. anyway. But like anyway. you said, though, Mackie, you know, this can this can definitely set a precedent, but it could also set a bad one if, if he's yeah, yeah. denied and here. So. I've seen, well, I'll finish a little bit, bit off here. Mrs. Smout, who said she had no, because she's a prosecutor. How can you prosecute a man for having a little Smelt. bit of weed? Allegedly a little bit of weed. But anyway. Smelt? Is that uh, not Smout? Smout, yeah, Smout. That's what, Mrs. Smout. I thought you said <laughs> Smelt. <laughs> uh, who said she had never seen such a card in any court case before, requested an adjournment so the senior Crown Prosecution Service lawyer could ensure it can be validated. And I've seen recently that Carly and CanCard is now under investigation and they want to know who they've spoken, who, which police organization, organization they've spoken to, how many people have produced this card and, you know, to a police officer and then be left with their cannabis and, uh, you know, pretty much got away with possession. Because in the UK, it's still illegal to possess cannabis. So I think that is probably something to do with this, that they've gone out and they're like, we want to know what the fucking score is here. And Carly ain't fucking around. Carly is good, man. She's good with the words. She, she's good with people. And I think that she'll do really well with this shit. So hopefully this will be a good precedent to set in the UK here. But we have to wait and see, don't we? Uh, Mr. Toka was bailed. I wonder how much the bail was to repair at the same venue on January 11th. So, you know, of course, 
Um, <laughs> January the 11th, he's going to be at the same venue. I wonder if I've got the tickets for that event. <laughs> but if you're around Newport and you, you can go to this uh, the, this event on the January 11th, just to show support for Mr. Toka and Carly and Can Card in general, that'd be sweet, man. This is Because there's probably going to be some publicity there. So uh, Billy Bond says it's a con as it has no legal backing. And that's it. It doesn't have any legal backing, but she's fighting to get that. And it takes time for that to happen until it's actually oh. accepted. And this might help it get there. Exactly. This may actually give us some legal backbone if it's accepted as being a good defense. Mm -hmm. yeah, can't hurt to try. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You got to try something. That's the whole article so far. That's all we know. But um, after January 11th, which is only uh, two shows away from now, after then, we should know more, man. Yes. And, and then uh, follow up. We'll, we'll keep you up with more of that information there. So a good one. Possibly good news there. Possibly good news. We'll see what happens. We've got... Um... Some bad news, apparently. This Ooh. is um, from the liberal.ie. Um, some bad news for the Greens and be people before profit. A study claims legalizing pot leads to prices skyrocketing to many turning back to buying it illegally from the cartels. Oh, wait a minute. This California. Is We've heard this, this before. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Well, what we'll do is we we will read a bit more before we bullshit it all the way down because right. I do I, I do we'll give it a chance. In this, you know? <laughs> okay. So we have um the legalization of the pot in California is going to lead to skyrocketing, and many are turning back, as I said, to the illegal cartels. And this um was bound to happen apparently, because any time the government gets involved, prices go up, and it's um no different for the residents in California. Who like to smoke uh, a bit of weed? Who like to do like to smoke a bit of weed? And why not? You know, yeah, why the fuck not? Indeed. Yeah, so it's it's basically it's proven down, and it's something that the Irish politicians are going to latch onto over here. Unfortunately, you know, it's um, well, the force. It was it was around this time last year, if you remember me quoting the the Green Party leader Eamon Ryan when he was saying that Ireland is not ready for cannabis. Now, this is a chap that leads the Green Party who has the best cannabis policy any government could fucking possibly want. And this fucker is in 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 government at the minute, like um however that they they were saying that with legalization comes taxes and then the distribution costs and retailer costs and yes. all of that's before a single cent of profit is made. Yeah. And it's true because they screwed them at every fucking turn. Mm -hmm. They can lose entire crops if they're say they, they have a ton of weed from one ounce that's that's checked. There might be a tiny, tiny little bit of bud rather, and the whole crop is destroyed. Regulations, mm -hmm. man. That's why the, the we have the situation here in Canada that mm -hmm. a lot of you know, there's the big push for remove the excise tax on cannabis because mm. as producers when you when they sell their crop to either a distributor or uh, a middleman i guess a distributor either way um they have to pay the government x amount i don't know what it is but it's a lot um, and that's just one tax right mm. there not to mention shipping and greenbeard said the uh the insurance that your crop is pesticide free and all that which is mm -hmm. needed but like yeah i mean it, it's very unsustainable for 
basically anybody that, except for the big corporations who have unlimited pockets due to investor money and stuff like that. And of course you go back to the black market because they've always been there and they always will be. Well, you see, the, the, black, the illicit market does always tend to be cheaper as such than the legal market, but that's on everything. Just because no you know, taxes, isn't it? Exactly. It's you see people There's are no selling overhead, they, yeah. they sell whiskeys and vodkas and things and they're for nothing. They're they're selling cigarettes out of the back of cars and out of the underneath the counters of shops and stuff, you know? Yeah, it's, it's the black market has always been there. It's never going to go anywhere. But if they if they do it right and if they don't tax the bollocks out of yeah. every single person yeah. down the line, well then everyone's going to make a few shillings exactly man like we have oh. a craft, craft beer industry a pretty solid one here now in saskatchewan it's it's come about in the last 10 years um mm -hmm. because people have evolved their tastes from pilsner and canadian a and b um because our environment like our government um you know i'm not going to get into like saskatchewan politics but if you can say anything about our government it's that they're free enterprise positive you know they're very you can you can start your own business very easily here there's a minimal kind of uh government uh hands in your pocket except when it comes to cannabis but speaking about the craft brewery industry we've had so many pop up and they all seem to do decent like they're all still around they all make money um but uh they're not like you know paycheck to paycheck either they, they seem to be able to sustain themselves but with the cannabis those regulations are are they're pharmaceutical combined with like fucking diamond mine nuclear level security and then you combine it with uh just the drug the you know the the continued paranoia and stigma that cannabis and all illegal quote-unquote drugs have mm -hmm. with all those three things combined it's no wonder that they put every single fucking restriction on this shit possible and yeah basically they drive the the little guys out and the consumers are still here and where the fuck you know we're still going to get our shit somewhere and uh of course you know that's it's the black market or the legacy market well how does marge see it out there because marge uh, she works in a dispensary do you, yeah is the weed out there taxed highly massively well in ontario on the consumer end it's just the regular tax that's that's applied when you buy it in a store hmm but the, I'm sure it's taxed, like just the way they set up the system in Ontario, because all the licensed producers have to sell to the Ontario cannabis store, which then sells it back to the retailers. So you have that huge, that big middleman and that middleman also happens to compete with us as well, because anybody can buy from the Ontario cannabis store and they often hold back product if they think it's going to be popular. So we can't get it. It's so a bit of a... I'm are you guys, are here. you private? Is there private and public, I guess, or in that sense in Ontario? It's mostly private, like like you guys just... buy direct from the producers, not from the no, Ontario. No, no, no. That's what I'm saying. In Ontario, you have to buy. Oh, you have to. Ontario okay. cannabis stores. Everybody does. Yeah. Wow. And the Ontario cannabis store again sell has an online shop. Right, so right. That's that, yeah. As well as being the distributor. That's fucked. Which means oh. that the consumer is also paying a lot more money because, like, there's markups all along the way. Of course. Yeah. You know, it's like at what point does it stop being capitalism? At what point does it stop being a free and open market? <laughs> well, well it's fucked up well, shit man 
Yeah, and you see. Imagine if tomatoes were, were taxed the way cannabis was and you had to go to the store and pay the kind of taxes that we pay now on cannabis for tomatoes. Shit, that'd be a black market on tomatoes. Mm-hmm. But then, you, then sure. you look at you look at Tej was buying, was able to get an ounce for 60 bucks. You know, mm. that's where I'm the big argument about legalization and about the, the pop prices and things like this is what they say in the article. If legalization comes in and if they bring it down to a reasonable price. You know, like How do if, they if, do if, that? If, That's the problem. But if, if they were to able to turn around and say, right, we're going to charge a reasonable price. And they, they do price fixing over here already with alcohol. So they can do it over. They could do it with cannabis and say, you cannot charge any more than three euro for a bud or a gram, yeah. but no less than a euro. Mm, they ain't going to do that when they end up fucking no. shitloads of tax off it, though. That's and that's the problem. I remember. I don't know. This doesn't apply to all producers, but there was a there was a graphic I saw from BC um, because BC is a similar um, situation as Ontario, I think, where they have to sell to this BC supplier, which then will sell to all the stores for people to buy from. And the uh, the cost was it was it was based on an eight dollar a gram piece of butt. So one gram equals eight dollars. If you were to go to a store and buy one gram for eight dollars they broke it down and the producer at the end of the day on an eight gram uh or eight dollar per gram sale makes one cent whoa that's worse than spotify bro yeah and i mean (laughs) again this is probably an exceptional situation where they picked this but again like even if it's 10 cents per gram how the fuck can you make any money how can you sustain yourself as a business where they're selling it for eight you know that's and you get this is where I'm saying you can get around if Be you regulate. do it, if you do it at a proper rate where you can go, right. People are going to willingly will be quite happy to go and pay for this in a shop and pay the taxes. If it's going to be something roughly what they were going to be paying, if not a little bit less. I completely agree with that, yep. but it's, it's how you enact that because right now, like where I work, whenever we send our shit away to get analyzed, it's like fucking $4,000 per test. Yeah. Because Health Canada needs the full spectrum of alpha toxins and wow. and fucking cannabinoids and terpenes and pesticides and heavy metals and bam. bam and when bam. it's got when it's in in the type of stuff that you do, teach, yeah, I'd say that, like. But if, it's the same with flour, though. But and even still... with flour to an extent, you know, like if if it's going to be sold to somebody to consume, well, yeah. it has to meet the same regulations. I as completely agree, but then. Who's going to pay for that safety, you know, because the lab analysis to buy, we have to ship it with like Brinks trucks and shit with heavily Mm -hmm. guys Mm -hmm. with guns and shit that costs an insane amount of money. And we aren't going to like swallow all of that. So it gets passed on to the consumer, which jacks up the price. And that's where it goes. You see, it always does get passed on to consumer, no matter what, because with every single product that goes, even from your tomatoes, as people say, it goes, it goes onto one truck into another district. Distribution. It goes from there onto another truck into another distribution. It goes from mm-hmm. there, it distributes out into hundreds of different places. So without compromising all that analysis and all the safety stuff that is in place right now, I don't see how we can make it cheaper for people because that's what it costs, right? But, yeah, well, the way it is wait, right wait. now, it's yeah. awfully difficult for unless you deregulate. Yeah, yeah. the legislation is very heavy-handed mm-hmm. for sure. Were you, you saying, monkey? 
No, I'm just trying to, to digest this thing. I mean, I, re I remember when we first started the podcast, we covered a little bit about uh, Uruguay down in South America mm -hmm. and their, their focus when they set to legalize cannabis was to eradicate the black market and one dollar grams. Yeah, they, that was their aim was one dollar grams. And if, if they figured if they did that, the black market couldn't compete and they were actually successful in their endeavor. Now, I haven't checked lately on any news down there. But I think it's it's the focus of of the program. Governments see cannabis yeah. as being the cash cow, and yes. when it's treated as a cash cow, it fails. Absolutely. And you know, and that's the whole thing. It's government greed. When you overtax and overregulate, and you get all your buddies on a gravy train trying to feed them with all these tests that TG's talking about and all mm -hmm. this other bad stuff, you, you've loaded the system so much. The odds are against you. Uruguay went different. They basically opened up the door and said, "Let's do this." and you know, they weren't about the money. They were about the people. That's that's the way that I, I've always I always fight show for the, the decriminalization of it, because if they make it available that anybody can grow it, it's, it's no laws to possess any amount of it once you grew it yourself and things. But if you if you start selling it, mm -hmm. well, you should be prosecuted, not for selling weed. For selling shit that you're not paying your taxes for, the mm. very same way as if you're caught fucking selling shit down the market, like yeah. selling all the all the soaps and the clothes and the the household shit. Like if you're caught doing that and you're you, you get hit with tax fines and things, that's yeah, what you should yeah. be. Hit that's with. right. It should be tax evasion and, rather than anything exactly. else. Exactly, and that's why that's why it should be decriminalized because it it sh makes no difference. And if I want to decide to go right, I am gonna set up GB's fucking select, and I'm gonna grow some epic weed and it's going to be craft well if i have to pay to get this stuff tested and things well that's a business that i am i am setting up i am going to be benefiting from it and i'm going to be paying me taxes yeah yeah no that's and then expand that's, and get staff exactly. and they'll pay and taxes too and that's the way you, that's the way it should be done it, should, it shouldn't be barrier 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 it should say right it's legal it doesn't matter how much you fucking have it's out there and then it goes into the craft. It's like a beer. You can go in and buy a fucking Budweiser for what, two or three quid. But yet you can go in and buy a craft beer that's only grown or brewed down the road from you. And it mm -hmm. could be six or seven quid. But you're still going to go in and buy that six or seven quid because it is fucking poker. It is the nicest beer that you've had. Same thing will happen with weed. Yeah. You know? And instead of just having a dispensary full of shit weed, you're going to have cafe lounges and things that are going to have the finest crop that you can find on the walls and things you know and it's going to be teas he grows great weed i'm going to smoke his stuff he he grows better sweet than gb you mm. know he only grows dirt ditch weed you won't be able to smoke it because nope. i'm not going to be in that store because i'm not going to fucking you know if you want my weed you're going to come to my booth and i ain't like I'll slap a test on it, a two hundred dollar test, but I'm not doing all that shit like the fucking. The but if you companies. want to, if if you, if you're going to do it, if, you, if it's fair, is fair with everything, you know, and that's the way I look at it. Like if if you have to do certain things, you can't just be a, you can't just run a pub without having certain rules and having certain licenses and having certain costs. It's the same as me. I have to have there's so much costs. I pay more costs and far more costs than what I should. Be. but it's a thing that you have to do to be legal in business mm -hmm. so. yeah well the way it stands here yeah they just if if i wanted to do that there's no way 
but that's you, in you the have to buy you have to buy the uh, the licensing and shit mm. because you know it's actually not illegal in the UK to grow cannabis. You just need the license from the government to get it, and the license is very difficult to get hold of. You need a shitload of money, and that's the thing. If it was decriminalized, well, all of these costs are going to come down because Maybe. who's going to, who? But hang on, who is going to rob a fucking weed delivery? If there's fucking 200 fucking plants or if the, you know that fucking nearly every second or third house or fourth house in the place has weed everywhere, who's going to buy it when it's so cheap? Are they going to yeah. rob it and be selling it for like fucking 50 cent a gram? Maybe. They want to be selling it for 10 cent a gram. For, but for normal law-abiding, honest people, like what the vast majority of us that are in illegal countries are, we have to go and meet people down back alleys and down to, are you going to do that if you can go and legally buy an ounce for 50 or 60 quid when you might save 20 fucking euro by going to somebody down a back alley and taking those chances no that's what i mean by when if they can bring it to a reasonable price even if it was 200 quid for an just... ounce, when we're paying 400 over here as it is you know I completely agree with you, man. It's just I don't believe the government or whatever organizing body, legislating body will do that unless you're in Uruguay where they, like, uh, as Monkey said, I hope he's right, um, well, took, took an angle from the people and actually did something that they knew would eliminate the black market at the cost of their own. You know, they didn't get rich off of it, but they did no. what they said they were going to do. Right. Whereas here, they didn't. They've done the exact opposite. They've gotten kind of rich off some people have gotten rich off of it but the black market is is used as like a scapegoat pretty much the whole time mm -hmm. being like but, but just excuse is, well we've got another news story here in the uk which kind of relates to this because it's a study that has been done some uh some reports from content hobbies i don't think they did the report but this is what the news story is from so if we have a look here it says the UK is missing out on 1.2 billion cannabis market report shows. So this is how much money they're out to fucking collect if they make this shit legal. You know, they wouldn't collect that kind of money if it was decriminalized because they wouldn't be able to tax it so good. And this is what changes people's minds, especially if they're politicians, man, is seeing 1.2 billion. Hmm. How can we make this happen? Yeah, I can get tax money off of that and I can spend it. Mm -hmm. and that's what the, the new report highlights. Want. Uh, the Power. new report the new report highlights how much legislation could support the UK's economy from creating jobs to advancements of the medical cannabis industry. Have they been listening to our show or something? Because I'm sure we've mentioned this a few times, right? <laughs> Once or twice, you never know. You know what I'm it saying? Yeah. Released by advocacy organization Volterface. I don't that sounds like a dodgy name, don't like the sound of that name. It's like too much like Vanguard or something, you know. <laughs> mm. <laughs> because it begins with a V. Anyway, uh, the report hones in on the economic benefits, innovations and investment opportunities that the UK is missing out on by failing to embrace medical cannabis and CBD. So are they only talk about medical here. Yeah, yeah, it looks like it, which means they're not even accounting a recreational market. Wow. That's How a one point two billion medical market. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the reported estimate by the UK medical cannabis market. So, yeah, the UK wow. medical cannabis market could be valued at one point two billion further. They fully the fully fledged industry could create over forty one thousand jobs and approximately seventeen thousand ancillary jobs. How can you not pay attention to that and think maybe legalization or something would be good? 
Because they've got the people in the government who have family members who run GW, GW Pharmaceuticals and already grow shitloads of weed. And it's like, yeah, I mean, that's sharing the money with everybody. I like having all the pie. I don't want to share the pie because the amount of money I get really won't change. Maybe I'd lose some and then everybody else is also sharing my pie. Don't want competition. Big yeah. Pharma's not going anywhere. I mean, they're going to be here forever. Mm-hmm. So. But you know, this is this is how it is. If they can just money opens up their eyes, and if they can see just the medical is going to bring one point two billion, like hmm, hmm, maybe we need to do something about this. They'd money talks, man. Mm-hmm. Money talks indeed. What do you say there, March? I said they'd be crazy not to. Mm-hmm. The people want indeed. it. Give the people yeah. what they want. It's just takes the politicians so long to to actually listen to the voice of the people. That's, mm-hmm. that's strange, you know. But There's we have a public servants. You know? We've had the medical cannabis it has been legalized in the UK since 2018. But, you know, we've, we've had guests on the show who tell you, but it's very difficult to get hold of. And if you can get hold of it, it's very expensive and it, it's uh, poor quality as well. Because you you right. you've got to need that recreational market to provide all the like infrastructure for stores and stuff that are easily accessible. Mm. Yeah. Well, you right. have like like a handful of patients that are actually having medical cannabis paid for by the by your health system Mackie just it's so few it's ridiculous mm-hmm. yeah I think it's only three people in their their children I think it's not many oh, people man. that's ridiculously low for the for the population of, mm-hmm. of uh, England you know yeah it's crazy but the whole UK you know it's well, true Scotland, it gets, it gets worse if you even go that far stupidness it's how can they not see that that's what baffles me is how can they not see this shit there, there must be some kind of ulterior motive going on in the background in order for them to be ignoring such blatant shit like this. Not not only the amount of money they can make, but the actual difference it will make to people's lives, man. There's got to be something in the background that's like, no, don't do it. Don't do it. You know, the sponsors, the donors and shit. Dodgy. Well, they're not. Good question. The, your government's not very different than ours. I mean, Biden right now has been saying all along he just doesn't want to sign the bill legalizing cannabis because you know he doesn't no. believe. That's a generational thing with him. Come on, let's go, Brandon. Sort it out, mate. <laughs> um, you know, we we do have other members because I actually have some more news from the Emerald Oil. Oh yeah, this side cool. this time. It's from the north side. It's the UK side of Ireland. And this is the Belfast mayor, Kate Nichol, is in is um, calling for cannabis legalization. Okay. But yeah. like actually calling straight out for, yeah, you, know, you need to legalize calling, this shit. Yeah, she's calling straight out for, you know, she, she wants to see, um, she is known as the hippie counselor. Okay. You know, she's um, Zimbabwean born. Agnostic Alliance counselor, um, she's a uh, she's calling for cannabis to be made legal, and she also wants to introduce introduce safe injection spaces in yeah. Belfast. You know, she is yeah. a very very progressive, um, progressive lady. It says is uh, she had a bad acid trip. She used to go into graphic detail about a really bad acid trip. Okay. So she seems to be open to, you know, other drugs as well. Just expanding your consciousness with many different things. Yeah, man. And she's just open to it. It's, I, I think it's a great idea um, mm-hmm. for to have people like this in power that are, are willing to open a voice to say that the likes of cannabis isn't bad. It should be legalized. It mm-hmm. shouldn't um, be criminalized and have these issues enforced on people. 
that the, the like this so charged penalties like like going yeah. to fucking prison, you know. She sees the benefits of um having the likes of cafes and things because this is what I was saying about legalization, decriminalization. There is so much taxes and things that can be benefited from every part of it. Because like if people have a coffee shop, well, they're gonna be selling coffee, they're gonna be selling cokes, they're gonna be selling drinks, they're gonna be selling everything, food, all of these things are all, all generate. Taxes I just, well, you know, don't we bitch about how the government doesn't know how to spend the money they already have? Well, we want to give very them fucking true fucking eight billion more. Fucking well, yes, see, that's a scary when, point actually. When, but when they when they earmark it properly, like they did in in Colorado and that, you know, they they said this the taxes from cannabis sales is going to go in directly into healthcare, into education, into homelessness. It solved all of their fucking problems nearly within a year. Their homeless crisis was was done and dusted. They had they had the money because they weren't competing with other sections mm-hmm. for for a bit of the kitty. They were they were told this is all yours. So everything wow. that's coming from this and it's billions in jet. So you think as well if the health service, if the NHS or the HSE don't have to rely on government funding. That's re- that's releasing all. There's of the no such thing as government funded, bro. It's all taxpayer funded. It's all taxpayer funded, but hey. you know what I mean. <laughs> it, that that releases that money as well that they would have been pumping into the NHS or the HSC. Yeah, yeah. And it's no, allowing no. them to spend that money then on fucking roads or on transport, local transport infrastructure. It's a let. It, it it the benefits just it, it yeah. may exceeds everything. I, I, I agree, much. man. I just. I'm in Canada, remember, and we've had... Oh, they fucked you up so much. Yeah, so, you know? like, just because Colorado did it, right, doesn't mean anyone well, that's else. A, and I don't that's know... an good... earmarker, or not an earmarker, a benchmarker. You know, like, other places can can do better. Uh, yeah. The Irish government look at Canada as fucking inspiration, and you're like, are you on drugs? Because, like, how many different rules are in different fucking yeah. provinces there? Well, that's, and that's what I mean. They're looking at it as, like, ooh, yeah, that's, they're making lots of money. Bruce Linton and all the guys mm-hmm. from Canopy and Aurora, but because those are the guys that are telling them. But yeah, for the people, I don't know, man. It's just uh And it always depends on who you have in power. Ooh, it's most you know, what what government what what parties are in power. For the last fifty hundred years, all of our countries have been ruled by two parties. You know, they've always been in control, basically, or maybe three parties. Yeah, it's all part so, of the plan, man. They're all the same. Yeah, they are all the same. But we need new people. We need new parties. And that's what there is an awful lot of. But unfortunately, some of them are nationalists, not nationalists in the view. Some of them are just fucking downright racist. Mm. But that's where the laws come from initially, don't they? Mm. they? They come from racism. Racism mm. and, and crooked capitalism is what started all this yeah. fucking bullshit. Off capitalism, brilliant, if, if it's done right. Yeah. Yeah. Crony capitalism doesn't work, man. No, and, that, and that's why we have too much of it, and especially in the cannabis market, you know, the legal cannabis mm. market. Anyway, they're still trying to sort out their friends. Like, yo, start a cannabis testing company now, mate. Do it now, and I'll make sure I pull it into legislation. But if they want to sell their weed, they need to go through a cannabis testing company. You're gonna make a killing, bro. Watch, and I'll make and there I'll make go. sure you're the only one in the area too. You, you, you know, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'll sign it up. Make sure that there can only be one testing facility in between five hundred thousand. <laughs> Growers, how does that sound? Right. Wow. And start yours wow. before I pass this law and you'll be locked in. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and that's uh, it. Friends are getting fucking rich, you know, and, and they don't. It's not capitalism. It's not capitalism. And there's, I doubt there's any fucking. The only real capitalism out there nowadays is the illicit cannabis market or the illicit drug market, because that's the shit that actually works. That's just capitalism. If somebody sells shit stuff, people don't go there. They'll go somewhere else. You know, it's like when the government take their hands out of it, it works better. That's the way it seems anyway. It can work. Mm-hmm. You got some news as well from from sunny USA, right? Monty? Yeah, but it's yeah, not yeah, so yeah. good either. Well, you know, this one comes from the southeast US and place I'm kind of like a little bit fond of. I guess I, I do live in the southeast, but I don't know uh, if you may remember a while back we talked about Mississippi voters had passed a medical marijuana bill, and for some reason that the Mississippi state Supreme Court decided to say that the voters couldn't have medical marijuana. They basically withheld the voters will. So Mississippi's legislature has been working uh, pretty steadily trying to get a law into the governor's hand that will will legalize medical marijuana in the state of Mississippi. And they're having a little problem with this governor. Seems like this governor is upset at the purchase limits on among other things on the medical marijuana bill. Uh, the medical marijuana bill would allow any patient three and a half grams per day for purchase. Okay, now we know a little bit about weed. We, we smoke a bit of weed. Uh, we've also talked to a few doctors and whatnot. And three and a half grams a day is not a lot of weed for some patients that need high volumes. You know, there's certain, mm. certain ailments that you have to have a lot of a cannabis to treat these things. Wow. But he is taking this on as he's, his comments were, if we have 300,000 medical marijuana patients in Mississippi and they have three and a half grams limits a day that each of these people can buy, that means we have over 1.2 billion legal joints on the streets oh of Mississippi. Oh my God, every, every day. Is that what it's saying? <laughs> no, not every day, but yeah, it's, it's like every a, year. over a year, mm-hmm. 1.2 billion legal joints. Now, Monkey, of course, is going to get the math out. And I did do the math. And what he's talking about is 1.2 billion 0.3 gram pre-rolls wow. would be would, could potentially be on the street. But this wow. it draws me crazy because he's assuming right now Dinners. that medical patients are going to go in here and buy weed to sell it on the street for profit. And isn't it highly possible or even logical that these medical patients are buying it just to kind of like medicate themselves with? Mm. <laughs> he's also <laughs> assuming that every single medical patient's going to max out the limit as well. That's exactly right, Marge. It just kind of blows my mind. I don't know if every patient could afford to buy that much weed, you know, through the medical dispensary. That's a whole lot of money if you start thinking about it. And I don't, I don't know what this tax rate's going to be in Mississippi, but knowing a little bit about the South, yeah, it's going to be high. And just a lot of people just don't need that much. They won't max out their limit. And some people do need that much, but I don't know. Some people need more as well. I question two gram a day limit. That's three and a half gram a day. He wants this cut in half, guys. It's that's what his his demands are. He's he's threatening to veto the bill if they send it this way. He wants it cut in half. He wants to allow him less than two grams a day. Is what he's one point seven five grams. I'd put that in a fucking spliff. Mm -hmm. Well, (laughs) god damn. Well, I feel like this is coming almost from the. Far right conservative Christian coalition anti weed ah, people. Right, right. Fucking God uh, squad. 
you know? I, I don't, and I can't prove that, but I just feel like the way it's being presented to me that, okay, this is, these are not people that have any medical people advising them of anything here. Yeah, that's yeah, the point that I, 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 I wanted mm-hmm. to tap into that. And as like, I don't, if you, if you're a medical patient and you're buying medical wheat, you know, like I have been doing or had, have had access to in the, you know, since 2014, the prices I'm going to assume aren't going to be fucking rock bottom. I'm assuming just like most places in the inception of medical programs, mm-hmm. the prices are probably going to be pretty high, right? Oh yeah. So that means if these people were to go and resell it on the street, they would have to charge at least what they pay plus some to make mm-hmm. the fucking mm-hmm. make it worth it. Right? right. And assuming that the, the stuff on the street is probably just say it's the same price as what they buy it from legally. Yeah, Why would yeah. anybody pay that premium? It's you know, point, they're going to have a hard time selling because the stuff that's available is cheaper than the stuff they'd be able to sell through the medical. So that, that argument has always really bothered me because that's when they levy at us too, that we're just buying shit to fucking sell to on the streets. Right. And like yet, toaster weed again. Here we I'd have to sell they like have for... think tanks to think about this shit before they open their stupid <laughs> fucking mouths. It just they can shows... ask us for advice if they need it. Yeah, man. But you see, this is the thing. They don't speak to the people. No, who no. Know this stuff. And like we even seen this when we were speaking to um fucking Gino. Gino, Kenny. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. What we were saying, and he was like, Oh, oh, really? Oh, I didn't know that. And you got how this is the most common, simple stuff. Yeah. That, like, and they they don't so they don't speak to the proper people. They speak to these fucking dickheads. And I'm sorry for calling some because I'm sure some of them aren't dickheads. But these cons that have never even participated <laughs> participated in it. You know, even any of the time in college that they were these straight laced fuckers mm. that had sticks shoved up their asses, and they're like, oh, drugs are very bad, but maybe, maybe. No, it's no. not fucking. That's all it is with these fuckers. <laughs> yeah, you know? none of them know. None of them use it. You exactly, know? man. So yeah, it just is, really yeah. shows how out of touch they are with the thing that they're supposedly trying to eradicate. You well, know, I mean, maybe know your enemy was a, or something. There's a quote That's in the it. article that kind of puts puts everything in context for me. It was his quote. This is the the governor of Mississippi said, but as a dad of three daughters that I dearly love, I cannot put my name on a bill that puts that much marijuana on the streets of Mississippi. Oh, what a bastard. Oh, okay. I'm going like, so he's trying to pull the child. I love, I love the children card right here. Uh, at the, the sake of medical patients. And making Hello? everybody else think the same thing. Like, yeah, I don't want my children oh, around. No, no, no. Three it's million joints a day either. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my it's gosh. Again, Somebody, man, please think of the children. Somebody, <laughs> please. So on well, the off the, chance yeah. that his kid needs medical cannabis for any reason, oh. he'd rather have her go to the fucking black market dealer because she knows her dad is so anti-cannabis and potentially, you know, fucking have a run-in because meeting buddy behind the fucking dumpster is always a good time we all know that aka it's not wow so Mm -hmm. yeah you know good work fucking mississippi governor so if anybody any of our listeners there in mississippi don't vote for this guy and tell your friends to also (laughs) not vote for this guy this is how we do things man you gotta go out there tell your friends all of you in mississippi if you know if you're not in mississippi but you know somebody who is make sure they know to sort their shit out man don't vote for this guy well, you know, there's a there's a senator in Mississippi, though, that is, is basically reminding the legislature of Mississippi, the Judiciary Committee chairman. 
he basically said, remember that almost 70% of the voters voted for this legislation. He's reminding them that if the governor does do the veto, that it's their right to over, overturn the veto. So this, is, this isn't done yet. Yeah, we've got some Australian news as well. Who wants to cover the Australian news? Well, TG, you, know, I, you want to? I, I read through it. I mean, all right, yeah, I go can, for it then, man. Go for it, monkey. Well, it. this is kind of a, I thought it was kind of a old news, good news kind of an article here, but yeah. uh, it seems like a study uh, that was compiled, not actually really done, but compiled over the last <laughs> few years. Uh, a study from 2013 showed a 25.5% of agree, 20.5% positive reaction from Australians for legalizing uh, recreational marijuana. So in 2019, another survey was done. And I don't know why this data wasn't compared earlier, but just recently data from both surveys was compared. And in 2019, 41.1% of respondents supported legalization of recreational cannabis. Whoa. So in six years, you have a major turn right here. Australia's coming around, guys. But yeah, it's, really you know around. what? It's the same everywhere, lads. Mm-hmm. You know, everywhere that you look, it was it was the same here. We had like less than 20% in favor fucking 10 years ago. But now we have just under 50% where it's slightly higher at like 47.5. I think it is, mm-hmm. you know, so uh, as it's, more it's laws happened. change around well, as more laws change around the world. It encourages, mm-hmm. you know, it makes other people say, hold on, Oregon did it and nothing really yeah, happened. Now America's done it because pretty much America's done it. People don't know that different States have done it. People outside of the USA are more like America's legalized and they think the whole fucking place has. It's the same as you look at Canada. And I know it's, mm-hmm. I know Teach and Marge are going to shake their heads when we say, I say this, but like people look at Canada and go, they have legalized. They have weed and it's perfect. And it's like the sky mm-hmm. hasn't fallen. They don't know it's oh, any different unless they're a listener of the show. You know, yeah. it ain't perfect, but the sky definitely hasn't fallen. Mm-hmm. I remember the Regina police uh, service, I think last year, at the end of last year, uh, not last year, two days ago, but 20, what, 2020, they put out a report and they're one of the more conservative police forces in the country that said, so yeah, actually um, nothing bad happened. So yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was a very boring story, but yeah, they basically just said nothing has happened. They, they expect no, what was my shine there? Oh, I was just, I was just laughing at how Canadian that oh, sounded. Right. they they expect everybody they expect everybody that consumes is going to be dave from half baked you know yeah who's dave from half baked is it dave i can't tell you you're not a fucking dope brian brian Brian. come on man do you even half baked bro once and i watched it with ye to understand what happened to kill the dog you have to understand who killer the dog was. But this is what I mean. This is that's the stereotype that they expect to see. Yeah, and of course really you, you get that stereotype with a lot of people because when, I, like I found, even with young people or, or younger people and people that first start out smoking, even in their their twenties and things, they automatically assume, oh well, when you smoke this, and um, you have to add act like a gobshite, you know. And that's the thing, because all of us consume massive amounts. Those gobshites, <laughs> I, I almost chalk that up to, it's not, it's not cannabis. Cannabis doesn't, it's just, those are no, dicks. Those it's are TV. dicks. It's TV. It's fucking it's, image. They're living up to an image of what it is. I've, I've 
known lots of people who are fucking assholes, not because they're doing anything, cannabis, whatever. It's just because they're shitty. And, you know, like, so, yeah, maybe we should look at that a little bit more than fucking cannabis is the root of all evil. Should we do have one more news story to to get done? It's pretty much from High Times magazine, a 2021 roundup of cannabis reform in Europe. Marge, you want to take this roundup? Sure. I was just uh, scanning through it right now because I didn't have a chance to read it beforehand, but I think it's just a roundup of cannabis reform in Europe and the predictions for the coming year. And it's starting out with Germany, which we've already talked about on this show. Very nice place for for Germany, yes. So that's looking good for Germany for 2022. And interestingly, when I was in California for the Gangier program, there was a German student there and a German film film crew was doing a documentary on the program. And so on the way. Cool. So, man. Will, will we cool. see you on a doco? You might. I haven't had to send any, uh, any release forms or anything. So maybe not, but um, it was Whoa. also saying... What do we have here? The island of Malta. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Malta done it. Reform as well. Luxembourg, which I know we've talked about that one as well. Uh, Portugal's looking like they're going to enact some kind of reform, although they already have decriminalization, a lot of things. So I'm sure it wouldn't be too different for them. Mm -hmm. Uh, Beyond that, Spain. Spain has legalized in a lot of places as it is over. Yeah, interesting spot. Yeah. And mm-hmm. The Swiss wild card. What's this one there? Do not forget, of course, that the Swiss began preparing for recreational trial rollout that now has a calendar date set for the actual lift off in 2022. Sweet. Yeah, I keep seeing shit about Switzerland. That's what yeah. Breeder Steve was going on about back in the day, and he used to go to Switzerland to do his thing. Yeah, yeah, it and just used to be that, like tomatoes there. So that section too, it's talking about Austria, Italy, and the Czech, Czech Republic and Greece as potential outliers. Wow. We'll be looking at this in the next Greek 24 weed. months. Mm. So the fucking yeah. all of, oh, 24 months though. It's like, come on, man. Will yeah. you take so long for 24 months? Fuck's sake. These, these people are crazy. Well, you know, I mean that, they need that, their jobs, man. Yeah, very true. Yeah. yeah. You know, what do they do when they, when it's all legalized? And just do it all <laughs> in the first two days. <laughs> yeah. You got a good point yeah, there, so- TG. Good point. Lots of stuff happening, happening possibly in 2022 in Europe as far as legalization goes, mm. which would be very exciting because, like as you said, once that starts, sort of like that domino effect. What's in Luxembourg? Is that the EU headquarters or something? Yeah, like? I think so. Yeah. It's big oh, shit. Right? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's at the head of the EU. It's in there. It's a really tiny little city state. I know it um, is. It's weird hmm. that place, but uh... well, there we go. For now, that's like all the news, man. That's a, a fuckload of news. Uh, From what do, around the world. Yeah, what what do we think overall? Is it a good week for cannabis, or was it a bad week for cannabis? I think it's a good week. Mm. Good week. Yeah. If overall we get this done week. within a minute, that's around the world in eighty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Were you saying that, Marge? Sorry. Uh, you were I just laughing again, or something. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's all good news. I mean, even when you have the Daily Mail saying positive things about cannabis, that's a good mm-hmm. day. So. What do you think, Monkey? Uh, mixed mixed week this week as far as the news goes, wasn't it? Mm. But I mean, now all news in, about cannabis is good news, I think, really, because it brings awareness to it, regardless. What do you think, TG? Yeah, what do you no, call bad week, man? Overall, I think it was a good one. I mean, you know, all things considered. I think it was positive, and we're on the right track for the new year. I suppose. So far. What's this news with uh, Jesse as well? 
because we've got Jesse coming on for an interview on Tuesday, which is in, in two days. It's Sunday today, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And that will be the interview that goes out to everybody on Wednesday because this is the new structure of the show for anybody on the download who has who doesn't know yet. We're releasing uh, Cannabis News on Mondays, like a long section of, like this where we discuss many news stories from around the world and then move on to Forum News, which we're just about to do now. And on Wednesdays, we'll be releasing an interview in full, which will be around an hour long, maybe an hour and 30 minutes. Depends who it is and how long the, the meeting goes on for. But we'll be meeting with Jesse from Toba Grown. Jesse Levoy has been on the show before. He's, uh, I can't remember what, what episode he was on, but he's been a guest before. And he's coming back to bring us some good news from his side of the world as well you know, with his mission he's got going on. And then on Fridays, we do grow guides you have a whole separate grow guides episode that you can also listen to on a friday now so three episodes a week one on a monday which will be the news one on a wednesday which will be the interview and one on a friday which will be the grow guides so that, that that's the plan here so tomorrow we're recording with jesse sorry tg to go off on a tangent just oh, no. need to explain that <laughs> yeah yeah well i'm not gonna speak too much about uh jesse's news because uh, honestly i don't know too too much about it just what's been posted on the instagram and stuff and I'm sure he'll go into it a lot more tomorrow. Mm -hmm. But uh, one of the yeah, one of the big developments in the last three or so weeks has been uh, a cannabis, a very well-known cannabis and psychedelics lawyer here in Canada, named uh, Jack Lloyd, has joined Jesse's team as the uh, I think the head prosecutor or head lawyer for uh, Tobagrone now. Um, oh, nice, yeah, man. So Jack Jack is a he's a ledge legend. Um, he's actually head or president of Normal also here in Canada, so he knows his shit. He's been around the block a few times, so it's fucking good. But yeah, I'll let Jesse kind of go on about that. I'm sure he's more excited than I, but uh, you know, we're all excited. I, I, I can't wait to see this fucking band go down. Nice. Stupid bastards. Well, that's about it then for yeah. the cannabis news this week. And if anybody out there sees a good story on, on, um, on Twitter or Instagram or any one of these places, if you see a good story you want us to cover, get over to Percy's Grow Room or send it to us via email and we'll add it to the show notes and cover it next week in next week's Cannabis News and Events. So there we go. That was this week's Cannabis News, uh, which was the 2nd of January, 2022. I hope you enjoyed it. And do you think it was a good week for cannabis or was it a bad week for cannabis? If you want to join us live for the show so you can listen to the show as we're recording it, then join the mailing list. The link to that is in the description uh, for the interview this week, which will be out on Wednesday, that's going to be with Jesse Lavoy from Toba Grown, and he's taken the Canadian government to court for the right to grow, uh, for the right to home grow in Manitoba, because Manitoba is a province in Canada where home grow is restricted, even though it's not restricted in other provinces. So he's doing this, he's taking it upon himself to take the government to court and try and get people the right to grow their own in Manitoba. He's been on the show before, and it's great to have him back again. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast, you know, on iTunes or Spotify. Make sure you subscribe because then the episode with the interview on Wednesday will automatically download onto your device and you'll have it ready to listen to. Uh, on Friday, we'll be covering Grow Guides, which is going to be starting again from the beginning. And we're going to try and explain to people the best way to plan their grow before starting it out. If you plan it properly first, it's going to be much easier in the long run. So we're going to explain things that you need to know before you set up your first grow. They tune in for that because there's some awesome listener questions at the end of it as well. That's about it for this week's Cannabis News, really. Make sure you download the show on Wednesday and Friday and let us know what you think over at PersysGrowing.com. 
Thank you very much for downloading and listening to the show. We massively appreciate it. And we'll catch you on Wednesday for the next one. Enjoy. Goodbye.